For more resources, visit rymonline.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone. This is John Parrott, and you're listening to The Local Youth Worker, a daily podcast presented by Reformed Youth Ministries. Uh, if you're new to the show, I'll ask our, our guests uh, five questions each day, and our um, podcast will we'll center on one question, focus on one question each day. We might have some sub-questions and follow-up questions, but we want this to be a, a brief podcast uh, that gets to the point and um, concise answers to, to questions you're probably asking. Um, today's guest is, is Reverend uh, Nate Smith. Nate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thanks, thanks for having me. You know, thanks for making the time. Um, he is the associate pastor at River Oaks Presbyterian Church in Germantown, Tennessee. And is that the, the exact title that you go by, or is it associate to, to That's families? It. That's it, yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Good Good to have you. And we, we, we ask five basic questions of youth workers, typically, but we're going to go in a little different direction uh, today with Nate. And so before we actually get into the question, why don't you just tell us where you're from originally, your, your family, children, all that. that yeah, so I originally grew up in Denver, Colorado, and moved around about every three to seven years. My father was a Southern Baptist minister. Um, Got married to a young lady in Texas, and uh, we've had four kids, and they're, um, our oldest is now uh, in high school, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so when I, came, I went into ministry right out of seminary, um, went to seminary a year after getting out of college, so just kind of been in ministry my whole life. Yeah, and where, where did you go to seminary again? Went to Covenant Seminary in St. Okay. Louis, Missouri. That's right. Good deal. Um, well, as I said, we're going in a little bit of a different direction today um, with the podcast. And so really, my first question is, uh, Nate, would you mind just sharing your story with us? I know we've had you come and speak at our church about some of this. And yes. Um, yeah, so I'll just let you answer I'd be that. glad to. Yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was a pastor. Um, my mom and dad were both Christians, believers, and uh, grew up hearing the good news, the gospel. Um, but at the age of eight, uh, two, two very significant things happened. One is I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, um, did the walk the aisle, um, got baptized, um, and within, a, within like literally two weeks, uh, was exposed by a young man in the neighborhood to some pornography. Um, and it really set up this uh, struggle within me of, uh, you know, that, that, be, that was something that was hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really understand. Uh, all I knew is like on one hand, like I knew I needed Jesus and a savior. And on the other hand, this whole new thing had been introduced. Um, being a male, you know, women were becoming more attractive as, as I was growing up. And, but then there was this pornography that just is an imprint on me. And was, it, um, was this a magazine somebody it, brought it to was. you? It was, it was a magazine. Um, just a neighbor kid got his dad's Playboy and was just showing it to kids in the neighborhood. Um, you know, didn't have any guidance. Uh, my parents never had any sort of sex talk with us. Um, other, I, I like to say it comically that they told my brother, if you get a girl pregnant, they'll kill him. And he basically <laughs> passed that along to me. That's some good advice. Um, which was, yeah, it is good advice, but so, so short 
um, and so lean um, towards uh, someone who is, as I've learned, a sexual being, a male. Um, and so what really happened is I, I found a few avenues um, of pornography, um, whether it was TV uh, or like the, you know, the blacked out or the fuzzy, snowy oh, yeah. um, cable channels, you yeah. know, um, at my grandparents' house and, and just started to feed it. Um, and I think uh, because I didn't know what to do with it, there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. Um, not having any instruction from the church or from my parents, uh, it just became something I struggled with on my own. And again, the result was lots of shame and lots of guilt. And I can remember in uh, junior high and high school, just very, uh, very dark moments, thinking like if, if I get discovered, I'm going to be like publicly, publicly humiliated and I'm the only one who has this problem. Yeah. Um, and again, there was just no talk. There was no discussion. There was no conversation from adults about it. And I remember one time I finally kind of opened up to my dad because our, our youth pastor did mention the word lust. And I, I started to figure out, you know, I have a lust problem. And I remember asking my dad about it. And he just kind of gave an answer of like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. And I, you know, that, that didn't help. I, I just, just <laughs> brought more shame yeah, and, and, and more guilt. Um, but God in his goodness uh, sent me to Texas A&M, uh, just in providence of moving and whatnot, I ended up at Texas A&M University. And after a fall of trying to be in the cadet corps, uh, I got out of that really, um, really due to like just this legalism that I had formed. So, you know, a lot of times when you, when you can't, fix yourself. Um, you just try to control your outward circumstances. And I got really good um, at thinking that I was okay with God because I didn't drink or smoke. I didn't ever have sex with my girlfriend or anything like that. Um, and the cadet corps, really, college really just brought my legalism to, to visibility. Wow. Um, and uh, I couldn't handle the result of that. So I got out of the cadet corps and literally the day that that happened, two guys from Campus Crusade met me and shared the gospel with me, and I got the answers right. Um, but the answer that followed after, you know, Jesus is my Savior and I'll go to heaven to be with Him, they said, "Well, are you sharing that with anybody?" And I, I had to humbly just be like, "No, I'm not. Like, I'm sharing with people how bad they are and that they don't do the right thing. They're not following God's rules." Um, but I didn't share the gospel, um, and. Uh, the group of men that came around me in Campus Crusade started to talk about sex, started to talk about pornography, and started to talk about lust. And they talked about it in a way uh, that um, inserted God's grace into it, that I am a man, I have desires, I'm a sexual creature, um, that I want to um, be with a woman, that I want to um, you know, have sex is a good thing. And yet the context, especially pornography, um, it's killing me. It's literally killing my soul and my desires for God and for good. Um, and my response of legalism is especially ugly. Um, and so the gospel of grace just really began to rescue me in, in college. Yeah. And uh, just weekly hanging out with guys my age and also these older men who admitted to their struggle and were honest uh, was so refreshing. And I really started to rest for the first time, I think, um, in this area. Now, now I, I wasn't all of a sudden like free of the struggle. Uh, I didn't stop looking at porn all of a sudden and never desiring to look at it again. Um, but I started to struggle in the light 
and to fight back um, with grace as opposed to law. Um, and so uh, the struggle continued, um, and I went on into seminary, and it continued there. And before I went to seminary, I got engaged. And before I got engaged, I was very honest with my wife-to-be about the struggle that I had. Um, and she was accepting of that and wanted to help fight in that. Now, Kirs, did, did somebody encourage you to share that with your wife, or was this just God's grace saying you, you need to um, have I think I think it really started... Uh, I think I just sensed a need going into marriage that she needs to know because I mean to, to be honest in college like that became the thing that I would try to encourage other guys about you know uh, just kind of this sense of like okay I need to help other men in this and yeah. uh, we're struggling and, and I, uh, I just wanted her to know to know that too um, and she actually had had an eating disorder and so you know there was kind of this commonality of yeah. taking God's good creation sex or food um, and making it ultimate something that I have to have in order to be satisfied or I have to control in order to to be significant um, so we kind of bonded <laughs> in our brokenness yeah, as yeah. we like to tell each other yeah. you know we're both so depraved and we both need Jesus um, so that was kind of how it began yeah. but I certainly you know in that beginning wasn't fully aware of how deeply pornography affected me yeah and so there was a lot more work that God needed to do and uh, so when we got married, um, I like to, I think all men like to think, hey, when you get married, it's going to end. The struggle didn't end. Um, it was still there, and there was still a need for honesty, um, for boundaries, for taking responsibility for it. Um, and that's where I really had to come clean with my wife about some, uh, some so, you know, just deeper heart things um, and understanding, I think, what I really came to see was that God um, is my ultimate satisfaction, not sex with my wife. Um, all of this is just a picture of the intimacy that I'm to have with Christ. Um, and so I really needed sex to be taken out of this ultimate, like it is the goal, and put as it's a gift. Yeah. Um, it's not nothing, it's not everything. It's, it's a profound thing, mm -hmm. but ultimately it all points to Christ. And that's, again, just another, another step in growing to be more like Jesus and, and you know, putting things in the right place. But, it, but I'm here today to tell you the struggle hasn't ended. Um, we as believers, and I as a, as a man, uh, am convinced, and I've had counseling that has helped me to understand this is going to be something that will go on the rest of my life until I see Jesus. Uh, it's one of these inconsolable things, in a sense. I kind of always admire um, or, or have a strong connection to Frodo as he's going off to the Grey Havens at the end of Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, he's been wounded by the, by the enemy, um, and he says, you know, this wound will not heal until, you know, I leave this earth, and i got to leave this earth because I can't bear it. And I, every time I read that, I just weep oh, sure. because I have that deep sense, too, that I'm deeply wounded, and I can't fix it. And, and Jesus is okay with that. He's going to bring it to completion. Yeah. Um, and the more I rest and the more I see uh, that I'm good, not because of what I do, not because I've fixed myself, but because he's, he's my savior, um, I can rest another day. Yeah. Well, Nate, thanks so much for sharing that. I know that takes, just again, by God's grace, a lot of humility um, just to open up um, about that. So, so thanks for sharing that, Nate. You're welcome, John. My pleasure.